You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Tuesday. I'm having a downright crazy Tuesday. And I am so happy that we are back to talking about... I'm dealing with a skunk. I've got Roto-Rooter here. I had an appliance guy here. I got fridge problems. I got critter problems. I got problems. How are you doing, Cody? Uh, my day is not as bad as yours, it sounds like. I mean, my, my I got problems. I think the biggest thing I have to do is pick up my wife at the airport later. No. Well, I got me some problems. By the way, we got a great show for you. I'm going to turn on the air conditioning real quick. It's a little, still a little hot in here, even though we're, we are officially in fall. Now, I know that with the last A's game, home game of 2023, I started seeing all these goodbyes. And I'm like, well, we're not saying goodbyes. You know why we don't say goodbyes? Because we don't go goodbye. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, they can all leave. See, that's the difference between A's cast and A's cast live and everybody else in the organization. A lot of everybody just leaves and everybody's planning vacations. What are you talking about? We go into off-season mode. It's harder. We got to get all the work done. We got to get ready. We got to embrace what's going to happen in the offseason because as everybody focuses so much on football, and rightfully so, the San Francisco 49ers are off to a great start. Soon we're going to have the Warriors and the Sharks starting again. There's a lot going on. But baseball never stops. Baseball is year-round. And if you don't stay on top of it, all of a sudden, you're looking around going, what happened? How did this? You know, we stay on top of it. We will have it for you all offseason long. So we're not going to be going on to X. I'll still call it Twitter. I still I'll, do. I'll be the Clint Eastwood of this group and call it Twitter. But, uh, yeah, we're not going on Twitter, oh, Instagram. Goodbye. Thanks for everything. We don't go anywhere. We're still going to be rocking and rolling all offseason. We will be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We will be at 1 o'clock, 1 to 3. Some days if we're hot and heavy, we'll go 1 to 4. We're going to take you all the way through the playoffs. We already have a commitment 
from Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, to discuss playoff games all the way through the World Series. We're going to have great guests. And uh, then we get into November. There's certain dates that matter. Then it's the winter meetings. And then we'll kind of go dark for Christmas. Hanukkah. Then it's New Year's. And then right after that, bang, it's fantasy camp. Before you know it's spring trading, we're ready to rock again. I want to start the show today. First, Bill Moriarty uh, is going to be here. And Bill recently did a interview with our good friend Grady Fuson. And I caught only part of it. You can catch all of it on AceCast. I was listening to it on AceCast. Guess who they were highlighting? Um, I'm his unofficial agent. There's a lot of guys you like. Oh, I really like this guy. Daryl Hernandez. Hernandez. No. Who do I like? My guy. Ryan Noda. My guy. Ryan Noda is your guy. Nah, that's <laughs> at the big league level. Who's my guy? From day one, I saw him. I went, oh, Jesus. Hen- Henry Bolte. Henry Bolte. <laughs> oh, boy. We gotta, we're getting a full update on my guy, Henry Bolte. I'm telling you right now, I know David Force won't agree with me, but David, don't keep this kid laying in the weeds, as Shooty Babbitt likes to talk about. Henry Bolte has made changes. This kid's big. He's fast. And Grady Fuson was blowing him up. And Grady, if anybody knows talent in baseball, let me tell you something. This isn't an A's homer thing. Grady Fuson's in every single Hall of Fame you can be in as a talent evaluator. Well-renowned. We've seen it at the winter meetings how people feel in baseball about Grady Fuson. Grady loves him. Uh, so Bill Moriarty, editor-in-chief of Athletics Farm, is going to be here at 2.30. And then Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for the Athletic from the Bay Area. Is he – where was he? He's East Bay, right? Uh, I thought it was North Bay. North Bay? Yeah, it's in the North Bay, I thought. It's in the Bay. Yeah. As long as you're in the Bay. It's one of the Bays. Okay. Well, there's only one Bay, but you're in the Bay Area. He grew up in the Bay Area. He actually grew up uh, listening to us back in the day. So Dan Hayes – because I am root, you know what? I may be rooting for the Twins to win it all. I have an idea about uh, getting us all involved in a winner-take-all World Series. I don't know what the bet would. We can't bet cash here on A's Cast, obviously, because we're a Major League Baseball team. But we can bet food or golf or booze or something. Um I may be rooting for the Twins. This is downright disgusting. They have lost 18 straight playoff games. The longest streak in the history of the four major sports in the United States of America. Do you know their last win? Their last win. It was against the Johan Santana outdoor. I think Mike Messina or Roger Clem was one of them, and it gives the Yankees. 2002. Four. 2004. My kids weren't even born yet. Think about that. My kids are graduating from high school this year. Twins haven't won in my children's lifetime. But that's not like it was like the Pirates who didn't make the playoffs for 20 years. They've been to the playoffs. They haven't won since 2004. And they've been to the playoffs a good amount. They're yeah. a good organization. There is good news for them this year, though. That might be – well, actually, I don't know if there's that great of news. What do you mean? There's no Yankees that are going to knock on to the playoffs. So, yeah. that's good news. Yeah, they got a lot <laughs> of hurt guys, though. 
Um, tell me if you're shocked by this. Byron Buxton, hurt. No. Carlos Correa, hurt. Uh, well, I heard Rocco Baldelli uh, on both our guys, Farron and Duquette, this morning. He thinks he'll be back this weekend. Yeah, he can come off. Can, he can come off the IL, but right now, hurt. Yeah, Royce Lewis, uh, hamstring. Royce Lewis hits grand slams. It's not here. It's hurt. They got all these guys that are hurt. But I might be rooting for the Twins. Arguably, the best ballpark in baseball. Target Field's beautiful. The way they did Target Field, it is awesome. As I spent my time at Target Field with my good friend. Brent Musburger, you want to name drop there? Brent Musburger taking a picture of me with the Kirby Puckett statue. How about that? So I might be rooting for the Twins. But, you know, I want to start this show today on horse bleep news coverage. I got into this last Friday with Dave Feldman when I started talking about the coverage of what's going on is atrocious. And he wanted to debunk me. Or debate or rebuke me because obviously there's a lot of respect for certain guys, and we have a ton of respect for John Shea. John Shea's been coming on my shows for years. I always joke John Shea is one of my favorite San Diego State Aztecs of all time. Because, yes, I grew up right next to San Diego State. I uh, grew up watching a lot of Aztec stuff. I watched, you know, when I was a little kid, I watched Tony Gwynn in college, right? So, um, but the majority of the Bay Area media has just gotten to be terrible. And the misinformation and the stuff that's out there, it's, it's, it's awful. And so I even I had to rebut the rebuttal that he had for me on Friday after what I saw Sunday night. And it was funny. It was by text. I don't know if you watch Sunday night football, but to let everybody know, a lot of people watch Sunday night football. A lot of people, the end of the night, Sit down, have dinner, family, whatever. Sunday Night Football's on. It gets massive ratings around the country. Gets ratings here, gets ratings everywhere. It's the NFL Sunday Night Football. I want to say it's the highest rated football show because Monday you're still dealing with people from work and get Sunday, no one's working. Sunday Night Football has monster ratings, and it should. It's the NFL on Sunday night, right? It's a marquee game. And you have two marquee franchises play Sunday night this week, too. They used to be marquee franchises. Oh, they're still pretty. I mean, <laughs> well, wait, 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 throwing the Steelers on the bus like that? Yeah, the Steelers <laughs> aren't the Steelers. Yeah, they're not the Steelers of and the Raiders, 70s. <laughs> Devontae Adams, he's tired of losing already. Oh, what did you think you were coming to, my friend? <laughs> We've been living this for years. But anyway, <laughs> Sunday night football ends, and we saw our buddy Greg Papa's doing the thing with Feldman uh, on Xfinity. But – I was at a buddy's house, and we're sitting there, we're, we're, we're uh, hanging out, and he, we're outside smoking cigars, and it had the game on, and the news came on. The newscast, the news, NBC's news, Bay Area NBC does the news, and they, as in blocks, right, you have the different blocks, that's what they call them in television, they keep teasing, oh, last game for the A's. Like, the A's are leading the actual sports report on Sunday night NBC. Right? There's no Niners. Giants are playing the Dodgers. They're not even, they're not even talking Giants. 
So they tease the A's multiple times in this newscast. And I keep going, well, I was there. I can't wait to see how they spin this. So finally the newscast comes on. They do a whole thing on the A's. They interview people. It's sell the team. It's your usual what we get. And they basically do a vague report about the A's future in Oakland. And it made me realize why so many people are misinformed and have no clue the fact that we are playing in Oakland next year. They did a full news report after what would probably be one of their highest ratings during the week because they're on after Sunday night football. You got to remember, Sunday night football ends, all the TVs and all the bars, all the restaurants, even though they don't get credit for that, or do they? I'm not sure how television works, but there's a lot of eyeballs on this newscast. And literally, they didn't say once during this news report that there's one more year on the lease and that the A's will be playing 2024 in Oakland. And now I understand why so many people are like, are you moving to Vegas? That's all we get asked. Are you moving to Vegas? When are you moving to Vegas? Next year? You move to... Guys, the news did not tell people who are trying to be informed that the A's have one more year on the lease and they're playing in Oakland. They made it this vague thing. They don't know where they're going to play, and the stadium in Vegas is 2028. It was this murky, long news report with fans telling the owner to sell and complaining. It was like, wait, wait. We are going to be in the exact same spot that we are going to be in. All of you watching, you know this. But you're probably like us. Where your friends, because if you watch A's cast, if you're watching this show, you're all in. You're all in on baseball. You care about these players. You care about the team. You know what I'm talking about. So you are probably being asked by your friends. So your team's leaving, huh? They made it seem like this was the last po- potentially. I'd have to go back. I'd love to get word for word, get a transcript. Because I think they basically said potentially the last game in Oakland. What are you talking about? How could the news... The news, which is supposed to have credibility, act like this was the last game in Oakland when this is not the last game in Oakland. We will be playing in Oakland next year. It is guaranteed 100%. Schedule is out. There is nothing that is changing that we will be playing the the 2024 season in Oakland. And then nobody calls them on it. There's not one group. There's no fact. Everybody in the news loves to talk about fact checking these days. There's no fact checking. What is being reported on ABC, on Fox, on NBC? What? Who's? What? What? What the hell is going on? Our media has gotten to the point to where everybody is just playing to a narrative right now that we can't even get simple, honest facts. I'm not backing anybody. I'm just giving you a fact. The A's are playing in Oakland next year. That's not an opinion. That has not that there's no opinion whatsoever there. Are we playing next year in Oakland? Yes. Is that a fact? Yes. Then how the hell does everybody in the Bay Area think the A's are leaving? That we're gone. Well, you said it best. That doesn't fit the narrative. There is no narrative. It's a simple fact. We're playing our games next year in Oakland, and nobody in the news is really talking about that. Or if they do a report, they don't even mention it. Like, I, 
the the report that led off the newscast on NBC after Sunday Night Football when it came to the sports, first of all, it's got to be all the crime in Oakland, all the crime in San Francisco. They got to do all that first. Then they got to sports, and the A's let. The Giants was a quick boop, boop, loss to the Dodgers. That was after. And they were Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, the, the, this thing had to be well over two minutes. This report on the A's, they showed a couple game highlights, but it was had to be over two minutes. It was their number one lead of their sports, and they don't mention that the A's are for sure back in 2024. If you watch that, you, you'd be like, you'd be confused. Like, where, where are they going to be? Where are they going to play? They have no problem selling you the vagueness of after, which would be the 2025 season, which that's fair because we don't know. Baseball's in negotiations with multiple people right now. I don't know. You don't know. We don't. But I do know there is one fact that we can give everybody, and all of you A's fans are dealing with the same thing we're dealing with, is you need to tell people, stop asking me. The A's are playing in Oakland at the Coliseum. Not anywhere else. At the Coliseum in 2024. Can we stop this? Can we get somebody to actually do their homework and actually give you real facts on the news and write this stuff? Like, hey, listen, after 2024, we don't know. But next year, a full year, when we hit January 1, the A's will be in Oakland at the Coliseum for the season. The average person in the Bay Area does not know. I had a dad at one of these events literally tried to tell me the A's were gone. Like, are you, so you guys do anything for the last game? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you guys aren't playing in Oakland anymore. I'm like, yeah, we're playing next year. He's like, no, you're not. You're leaving. He literally wanted to debate me and tell me I didn't know what I was talking about, even though I'm freaking Chris Townsend. I think I know what that's going on around here. Like, literally, people want to debate you that your team and your employer is leaving town. And you're like, no, they're not. That is, it, it is awful. Our media is awful. Our Bay Area media is awful. So you know what, Dave Feldman? You can't rebut that. You can't just pick and choose a couple people and say, well, they're good. It's unreal. I just, I, it just upset me. I was like sitting there by, well, I mean, it didn't upset anybody else. It upset me. I'm like, watch this going, this news report's garbage. Garbage. But we want to tune in to NBC for the news. So if you can't get that right, what's the rest of your reporting? This is pretty easy. No one's dying. No one's being robbed. No, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, you can. No one's going to jail. I mean, this is. If you can't get sports right and you can't give facts for sports, where, where's the rest of your reporting? I, I just Googled, will the Ace play in Oakland in 2024? It, Oakland to host through 2024 season. The schedule is out. Teams have already made their plan. Mickey Morabito, the greatest traveling secretary of all time, already has all the, the planes booked, the hotels are booked, the buses are booked. Everybody's travel is booked for 2024. That is why, folks, the decision about 2025 has to be made now is because at some point they have to do the schedule for 2025, which then allows all the traveling secretaries then to go book plane, hotels, buses, security, 
all of that for the 2025 season. That's why we're going to know November, December, where the A's are playing in 2025. That's why. There's no other reason why, because you could take negotiations well into next year, but you can't. They need to know for all the teams need to know, scheduling needs to know. When you come play the A's and you're setting a, you know, a team's coming from the East Coast and you're playing three three cities, you're going Seattle, Oakland, Anaheim, or, you know, we've had Giants and A's. They've played both. I mean, whatever. You could be going D-backs, Oakland, you know, Colorado. They need to know the routes, how the plane's going to go. Where are we going to stay? The hotels, they got to know. That's, that is why the main thing of why baseball needs to know where the A's are playing. That's it. That's, if, you, if you didn't know that, that also is a fact. I, I, have you heard anybody talk about that? No. Do you think a part of it, and this is me just being facetious, do you think a part of you being so mad about it was because of how the Raiders-Steeler game ended? Or? Oh, wow. And then you're going to bring your Pittsburgh, <laughs> your Midwest. It's not East Coast. You're going to bring your Midwest hate out to the greatness of the Raiders. I'm just a legit question. Hey, you could be fired up from what happened. How about this? All the things that you didn't like about Jimmy G as the Niner quarterback, hey, haven't changed. <laughs> there was a couple oh no Jimmy throws in that game. <laughs> uh, I just laugh about it now. It used to affect me. It doesn't affect me anymore. Does it? Everything's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. The greatness is always in the future of the Raiders. Everything's fine. Everything's great. As as I'm showing right now, this is fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything is going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that might have been a reason why you were kind of – but I get where you're coming from because there's so much – Actually, you know what? I'd forgotten about it. I'd already forgotten about the Raiders' loss. Those Bengals' white uniforms were looking slick last night. That was a I, – I texted you last night. I'm like, I just can't get into these games. The Eagles – that was a blowout, so whatever. But the, the Bengals game, it just was a lot of field goals until the second half. It's football. I guess that's good football now. It's football. It's a defensive – when I think of Bengals, Rams, I think of field goals and defense. It's football, man. Football. Sometimes it's not going to be you – guys, you guys all want arena football. You want 40 <laughs> points on the board. Well, you know what? Sometimes a good football game is blocking and tackling and lighting people up. Wait, you're telling me a team doesn't score 70 points every week like the yeah. Dolphins did? I mean, you know, your head coach is dancing around to Drake and everything. Well, sometimes it's going to be a rough and tough <laughs> game. It's going to be old school. We're going to play some defense and get after the quarterback. Nothing wrong with that. All right. I'm off my I'm off, I'm just I know you people are dealing with I I know you A's fans, baseball fans, you're educated, you know what's going on and everybody's asking you these dumb questions and you're like how do people not know? Well, the people who are supposed to be honest with us and give us real facts, it is amazing. It's like what I learned studying journalism in college and where we are today it's disgusting. It really is disgusting. It's hard to believe. It's it's like you can't you can't believe. Isn't that sad? You can't believe anybody. Like how could you believe? It's all going to be biased. It's all going to. It's 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 off. Simple facts. This is a simple fact. We're playing in Oakland, twenty twenty four. That's a simple fact. 
That's not something that's that. Don't give me that's not true. No, I'm not. I was going to wait for the right. It's right not time. true. All right. What, we got a couple minutes. So, Bill. What, okay, what, so we got Bill. Uh, I have I have something that I want to do today. That I'm going to take Justin Verlander, and I'm going to take you on a trip around baseball and end you up all the way back at Justin Verlander. Old man Verlander. Old man Verlander last night. Oh, it was so good. And I, you know, I hate him. I've never, anybody that's got everything that he has, it's just, it's too much. It's not, it's not fair. Life's not fair. Cy Young's World Series, going to the Hall of Fame. He's married to Kate Upton. He's a scratch golfer. I don't like him. That's not true. I don't like him. But I'm going to I'm going to tie some stuff all the way back to what we saw with Verlander. You know what? I, you know you know the word I've heard a lot today? I've heard a lot of the word chemistry today. Just kind of getting ready for the show, doing my thing. The word chemistry has been floated around a lot today. And that's what we don't have. Everything that I have is going to take some time. But, boy, if you look at what's going on with the L.A. Dodgers, if you now look what's going on with the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants. It's not great. No. No, 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 no. Everybody, we told you, this show told you, at the winter meetings, when all this money was being spent by San Diego, and then after the winter meetings, when they continued to spend, this is going to be a train wreck. This is going to be a train wreck. Robert Melvin told us this was not good at spring training. Off the air. And now they're trying to figure out how to dump payroll and dump payroll fast. So when everybody was celebrating... Big market team met spending, good for baseball. Remember everybody bragging about, well, San Diego's a small market. Look how much they're spending. Everybody should spend that way. It, you know, shows what frauds owners are, blah, 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 blah. How'd that work out? They're now trying to dump salary as fast as they can. The CBT, uh, one of the thresholds, I think it's the lowest one, is going to be 209 next year, estimated 209. So they're like desperately trying. I'm not sure. I gotta. I gotta beef up on my CBT, uh, the luxury tax number. But it's gonna be 209. Padres are like, we gotta get under this thing fast. Same thing. The Angels tried to do. Uh, Mets are trying to get down. There's three of them. They're trying to get down below at least the top one. But uh, you know, this whole we're gonna spend our way out of this. It's a disaster. Absolute disaster. That's what. That's why, you know, you look at the A's, at least we're starting to do it. We're not doing the hodgepodge. We're always going to be looking at other people's organizations. Let's go find everybody else's minor leaguers and diamonds in the rough. We're building our guys. Bringing up Geloff. Bringing up Butler. Give me some Denzel Clark. Yeah, you traded for Hernays, but Brett Harris... Rule 5 pick and Noda, but at least you're bringing guys up and you're trying to build something. You're trying to build something. Something that can be sustainable for a while and you can use. 
That, I mean, I like that. And you're, you're starting to see it. Ruiz is a whole different thing we have to talk about. Something's going on there. I don't love it. Going to have to investigate in the offseason because nobody wants to address it right now. But clearly, something's going on. You, you, you realize Ruiz is hitting 333. 19 games in September. He's got a 923 OPS. Five extra base hits. 12 stolen bases. He's going he's gonna to break the record. He's one off Kenny Lofton, the rookie, AL rookie record. He's going to get it, and then he's going to break it. But all of a sudden, when he got hurt, and after he got hurt, you didn't play him every day? Oh, swing changes. What? You did swing changes with Shea Langoliers. He still kept playing. Something's going on with with, 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 with Ruiz. I, 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 fell in, I fell out of love with him defensively immediately, and I said, there's problems. But... And I know it wasn't popular, but I got to be honest with you. But I knew he's got a great skill set and he needs to play. You, not me, you got to find a way to, to, to make him serviceable on defense. Where is it? Well, figure it out. This was the year to do it. And I don't think they figured it out. What they did was stop playing him on a regular basis. Bat and I playing left tonight against the, the Twins. Yeah, he used to lead off every game. And play center field. Now he's batting ninth and playing left. I mean, one of the I mean, one of the only reasons I think he's getting this run is because Tony Kemp got hurt. They were going to run Tony Kemp out through the the rest of the season. I think he has like the. I think he's only. I think Essie's only played two more games than Tony Kemp, and Kemp's like fourth on the team in games played. I think I texted that to you in post game the other day. For the season. For the season, yeah. What is it in the, since since Ruiz got hurt and came back? What is it? Oh, I'd have to look. It's not even close. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Plus, J.J. JJ Bladet's back today. Not in the lineup, but he's back from Vegas. Is he officially off the I.L.? Officially back. Kevin Smith back to Vegas, even though Vegas isn't playing. Kevin Smith back to Vegas. So, J.J. Bladet back. Uh, That's a guy that we got to get into. J.J. Bladet. I am. I'm a fan. I think he can play. Just like the same thing like Lawrence Butler. Like, these guys can play. All right, coming up next, we got a lot of guys to talk about. Grady Fuson, and you can hear the interview on A's cast. Bill Moriarty and Grady Fuson, those two powerhouses to get together, forget about it. But we're going to have Bill next. We're breaking down the future next right here on A's cast live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better. All thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts, anything you need for summer. They have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Oh, I'm telling you right now, it is up on A's Cast right now. Bill Moriarty going at it with our guy, Grady Fuson, one of the great talent evaluators in the history of baseball. I mean, he's in every Hall of Fame. He's won every award you can get as an evaluator. Uh, the other day I was listening, Bill. I don't know if you know this, but I fell in love with Henry Bolte 
A's draft him. They bring him to the field. And you know where we do our show on the field. They, they're like, okay, we're going to bring Henry Bolte over. I've never seen Henry Bolte, right? He's a high school kid, Palo Alto High, great story, second-round pick. They bring him over. I'm like, this guy looks like a man-child with a child's head on top of his body. I mean, he's strapped. He looks like he played free safety in the NFL, but he looks like he's 12 years old. So he's got this grown man's body and this kid's head, and we start talking to him. He's polished. He's bright. He can. T- I'm like, I love this guy. And then I've loved him ever since. And I got to host a banquet, the uh, off-season banquet down here in Santa Clara County. He's done a huge baseball banquet for many, many years. And we, uh, he was one of the guys honored. So I got to deal with Henry. The more I get around Henry Bolte, the more I love Henry Bolte. I just saw him the other day when Stockton was in town playing San Jose because we scout. You need to know that, Bill. We're everywhere. We go into uh, to San Jose Muni, and we scouted it. Uh, Henry Bolte, big, strong, fast. You just had a long session with Grady Fuson, and when I heard you guys talking Henry Bolte, I was like, yes, that is a name A's fans need to understand. I don't know when he's, when he's going to show up, but he's going to show up. Yeah, well, he's still young. You know, he spent throughout most of the season, he was still just 19 years old. He just turned 20 last month. But as you heard in my um, interview with Grady Fuson on A's cast, he's, you know, they're very excited about him. And, you know, we weren't quite sure how, because when the season started, the A's did not send him out to a full season team. They held him back in Arizona because they really wanted to work on his swing a little more. And, you know, that maybe sounded a little concerning to start out with, but, you know, he really took to what they had to say. He really took those changes to heart. And when they did send him out to Stockton, he got off to a great start. And he really continued it through the whole season. What's really great is when you see a guy go through a whole season and never really have a, a really down period, you know, maybe where they get into a couple weeks where they just totally stink sometimes. You know, Henry Bolte was pretty consistent throughout the season. And even if he had a few, you know, a couple of bad games, he, he bounced right back. And again, he was only 19 for most of the season, just turned 20. And he led that Stockton team in home runs. He led it in walks and he led it in stolen bases. You know, again, a guy who was 19 years old most of the season. To see him do that right out of the box is is very exciting, very promising. And I think you could hear how excited uh, Grady Fuson, who, you know, is is not always the most effusive in his praise, (laughs) uh, you know, was about Henry Bolte. You could tell he's genuinely excited. So that's great to see. I'm sure we'll see him, you know, at high A Lansing next season. And, uh, you know, if he does well there, you know, on to double A Midland uh, before the season's over, perhaps. Well, two things. Henry Bolte, have have you ever been to San Jose Municipal Stadium where the San Jose Giants play? I, I have not been to, to this, uh, the park in San Jose. No, I haven't. I know that's right by you. Yeah, yeah. So I played there. That's where San Jose State, we also played. Um, I gave up a lot of home runs, but I never gave up an oppo bomb to a right-handed. To go oppo, right, it's known as a big ballpark. To go right. oppo right-handed, we saw Henry Bolte go oppo right-handed at San Jose Muni. We were like, whoa, that's power. That's legitimate. We're talking wood bat. Oppo bomb, that was huge. By the way, Grady Fuson. So I've known Grady for years. Uh, he's actually also a family friend. He and my brother are members together at San Diego Country Club. My nephew knows Grady real well. So I've known Grady just professionally, and I've seen Grady down uh, in San Diego at the course a lot. Grady told us 
Remember the first Fuji? Fuji's going to pitch to live hitters, right? It was like a big deal. (laughs) Everybody gathered around right there at Fitch Park and everything, and then Grady came on the show. And then so before, Grady's like, oh, God. And we were, like, laughing. He's like, well, there's a reason why uh, you only saw him face left-handers. He told us all this stuff that you needed to know, like, yeah. Yeah. So – Grady doesn't blow smoke about anybody. So if he's excited about a guy, as everybody was so excited about Fuji, Grady wasn't excited. But if Grady knew exactly what the A's were getting with Fuji and no control. That's why they didn't have him face right-handed hitters when he first – everybody in the media gets to see him for the first time, only lefties so he wouldn't kill anybody. Um, so that, 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 that uh, speaks volumes. All right, this is it. The minor league systems – the minor league season is over. Everybody is done. Tell me what you're excited about, about the A's minor league system heading into the offseason. Well, I think, you know, most of the people uh, to get excited about in the system are, you know, some of the younger hitters. I think um, uh, one of the guys at the top of the list as pleasant surprises this year is shortstop Daryl Hernandez, who came over from Baltimore in the Cole Irvin deal. We had no idea what we were getting in him. And quite honestly, his numbers didn't look that great when the A's acquired him. And, uh, you know, he's had one of the best seasons of anyone in the A's minor league system. Started out in double A, now in triple A. He just turned 22 and uh, he hit over 300 his first season in the A system between double A and triple A. And, um, you know, he, he pretty much played every day this season, you know, wasn't hurt, was very durable, uh, been playing shortstop. You know, as you know, the A's don't really have uh, uh, big hitting shortstops right now at the major league level. And uh, having a shortstop who can hit 300 uh, at AAA right now, I think, is an exciting development. So, I'm, you know, I'm very eager to see what Daryl Hernandez can do in spring training next year and if he might perhaps be able to win himself a spot on the main roster. We know Lawrence has already made it to the major leagues, but right behind him is Denzel Clark, another incredibly talented uh, outfielder who, um, you know, was a double A this year. A lot of people thought that was kind of an aggressive assignment for him, but he he had probably better numbers than Lawrence Butler at double A, actually. He had to have a shoulder surgery late in the season, but Denzel Clark looked very impressive at double A, and he could just be a step away from joining Lawrence Butler in the A's outfield in the future. I think those two guys are two of the most exciting players in the system, but you've also got guys like Brett Harris at third base, who uh, finally got promoted to Vegas and finished the season at AAA. He's going to be playing in the Arizona Fall League on the A squad, along with shortstop Max Muncy, who got promoted to uh, AA this season, too. Muncy's going to Arizona? Yeah, uh, Muncy's going to be playing in the Arizona Fall League. By the way, quickly, do we have an update on, because Brett Harris got hit in the face, it ended his season. Fran Reardon told us it was like a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Any update on, on his health? I, I've just told that he's going to be ready to go in the Arizona Good. Fall League, and, and the Arizona Fall League starts in about a week. It's I think it starts October 2nd, you know. So uh, Brett Harris is on that squad. Max Muncy is on that squad. So you should be seeing a lot of them uh, in Arizona in the coming weeks. And I think, you know, those are two of the more exciting guys in the system as well. Brett Harris, you know, doesn't – you know, doesn't do anything kind of that, that really pops, dy- anything too dynamic, but he kind of does everything well. Everybody I talk to in player development really likes the way he plays the game, 
finally got a chance to um, get to AAA at the end of the season. Started off a little slow, but then finished the season strong before he got hurt. So Brett Harris could be in the mix for at third base along with Jordan Diaz. But uh, Max Muncy is just a, a step behind a former first-round pick who's you know finished the season hitting 300 at AA Midland. So he's not that far away as well, right behind the other shortstop, Daryl Hernandez, I mentioned. So there are some you know exciting young players near the top of the system that could you know perhaps be in Oakland next season, given that, you know, there, there still will be plenty of opportunity. And I think it would be really exciting to see uh, Lawrence Butler, or Denzel Clark, and maybe Brent Rooker together in the in the A's outfield by the end of next season. That's a pretty powerful, pretty dynamic trio um, if, uh, if that could come to pass before next season is through. You know, I just write notes down. I think this might be a great time to bring this up. And... Brandon Gomes, the Dodgers GM, was on MLB Network earlier today, and they were, you know, talking about all the things the Dodgers have done. And not, so I'm not comparing the Dodgers to the A's, but just to remind people that defense matters because our defense has been horrific, absolutely horrific. The Dodgers' defensive runs saved at shortstop. Now, remember Corey Seager, and they've had other guys since 2017 to 2022 has either been zero or negative this year by going less offense because they can't shift like they used to they used to shift and hide Seager and Turner on the left side this year because they said you know what we'll take less offense defense matters more they're plus 17 at the shortstop position defense matters defense really matters and when you tell me Brett Harris he just does everything you know what that affects the box score every single day. That helps you win games every single day. We need to find players like that's what Ryan Noda has shown this year. That's what Zach Geloff has shown this year. Guys who show it's 162 individual games. Get me guys that affect every single day and give you a better opportunity to win. Those are the type of players. Denzel Clark, by the way, we've heard so much about him. Is he that great of an athlete? I mean, it sounds like his athleticism is absolutely off the charts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's as, as pure a, a raw athlete as the A's have in the system, you know, and he's got uh, Olympians in his bloodline and lots yeah. of other former, you know, Team Canada, athletes. baby. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of people thought Denzel Clark started should have started off this season at high A Lansing, but uh, David Forrest, I'm told, you know, had so much belief in just his raw talent and his raw skills that that he pushed for him to start the season at Double A Midland. And like I said, if you look at the numbers, he 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 really had better numbers even than Lawrence Butler at at Double A Midland, but he got hurt late in the season. Um, so I think Denzel Clark is just one of those phenomenal athletes. You know, if you push him to the next level, he might struggle a little bit at the start. Start, but he's got enough raw talent that, you know, I think he can probably overcome whatever hurdles uh, he faced. Hoping we get to see him at AAA next year and, and have him just be a step away from being in the A's outfield because he's such an exciting, dynamic player. And, you know, if you've got guys like Denzel Clark and Lawrence Butler, once they get their feet wet in the big leagues, they, they are those kind of exciting, dynamic players who can make things happen that, you know, make the game so much more exciting to watch. And then if you combine them with guys that a lot of times what you were just talking about is referred to as also baseball IQ, guys yes. with high 
baseball IQ like Zach Geloff. You see, he knows what he's doing on the field. You know, he knows what what's supposed to be happening, what he's supposed to be doing. And I think Brett Harris is another guy kind of like that at third base. Maybe he doesn't have the raw talent as Geloff does, but another guy with a high baseball IQ. You have enough of those guys on the field combined with raw, talented, dynamic players like Butler and a Clark. And suddenly you have something very exciting that you can put together uh, in terms of the team that you're putting out on the field every day. Bryson Stott, Mason Miller, they're just kind of like the recent guys that went to the Arizona Fall League and played well, and next thing you know, it led them to the big leagues. I mean, Stott last year was playing in the World Series, starting. So just talk about how big it is for these guys to go to the Arizona Fall League and the name you make for yourself, not only with your franchise, but with the other 29. Well, and just and especially right now with the A's, I mean, you know, there's just nothing but opportunity, you know, as yeah. you can see, if if you show something, anything in the minor leagues for the A's right now, they're going to want to take a look at you. Look at, uh, you know, on the pitching side, Joey Estes, you know, uh, last season, uh, you know, the season before this one in 2022, he was pitching an A ball. Um, he's just 21 this year. He ends the season, you know, starting on the mound for the A's. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can do it in the minor leagues, there is tremendous opportunity for you in the A's system right now. You know, something else I was going to mention to you about that. Joey Estes probably had a the the best season of any uh, pitcher in the A's minor league system at the age of 21, and. He also had the most innings pitched of any A's minor league pitcher this year. I'm curious if, if, if you have any idea how many innings Joey Estes pitched to, to have pitched the most innings of any A's minor league pitcher this year. Why are you trying to upset me? You know that's going to upset me. I, 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 I'm having to deal with this Blake Snell crap. Guy's going to be the NL Cy Young Award winner, and he doesn't even average six innings a start. All right, lay it on me. I've no, I couldn't even – I couldn't – did he even pitch 100? Yeah, yeah, he did pitch 100. So Joey Estes pitched more innings than any pitcher in the A's minor league system. This season, he pitched a whopping total of 137 innings this season to top to max out uh, innings pitched in the A's system. The A's had a total of 10 pitchers uh, to pitch 100 innings or more this season in the minor league system, and Joey Estes topped the list of 137. So I, I know that's a stat you just love to hear. I, I, I just thought I'd share that with you to brighten your day a little bit. How do you get better not playing? <laughs> I, 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 we're, we're, we're literally the only sport that wants less. There's no other yeah. sport that wants less. No, there's a, you can't find one. You can't find any sport where they want their, their athletes that they pay to play less. We're in a sport, do less. And there's no proof that it protects them. There's no proof that it keeps it. We have more injuries than ever before. And then all yeah. of a sudden we want guys to not pitch in the minor leagues. And we've been having this conversation about the Giants. We don't want you to pitch in the minor leagues, but when you come up to the big leagues, now we want some innings out of you. I mean, the whole way we're doing it is absolutely ridiculous. But I like Joey. I, I You know what? I, there's going to be a long list of guys that are going to head to Ho-Ho Cam, Fitch Park, Mesa, Arizona, and I think all these guys are going to be thrown out there and said, all right, boys, go fight for jobs. There's going to be right. a huge fight. But let's talk about uh, Cusick, Hoagland. Uh, give me guys that have come over in trades that are supposed to help. Where, where are these guys? Well, I think, you know, honestly, some of the most promising JT pitchers Ginn, in the system are. JT Ginn, I got to throw him in there, too. 
are, are some of the most promising guys are, are not the high profile guys. Um, this season, Joey Estes, a lot of people hadn't heard of him. I know I mentioned him to you early yeah. in the season. Uh, you know, certainly he's probably the most uh, um, a promising pitcher at the top of the system. Also, a couple guys at double A this year who are going to be pitching in the Arizona Fall League. Jack Perkins was just the A's, I think, uh, fifth round draft pick last year. He had a great season this year, finished the season at Midland. Also, Roybert Salinas, who came over from yeah. Atlanta uh, in the Sean Murphy deal, you know, he struck out an average of, I think, almost 12 guys per nine innings at Midland this year. He was injured for part of the season, so he's going to be pitching in the Arizona Fall League. I think those guys are pretty promising. They're both just 22, 23 years old, finishing the season in double A. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, guys like JT Ginn still, you know, injured most of the season. Ryan Cusick came back, was healthy for most of the year, definitely had an improved season at AA this year. His strikeout numbers were up. That was good to see. Also good to see you mentioned Gunnar Hogland. You know, he had been injured ever since he'd been traded to the A's. He finally got back on the mound this season and uh, pitched at Stockton. Lansing and even finished the season at double a Midland. So it was good to see him be back on the mound. And uh, he was actually pitching pretty well. Most of the season looked really good during his stint at Lansing. So hopefully Gunnar Hoglund can stay healthy and, you know, show what he can do this season. Now that he, um, you know, at least finished the season at double a he's moving up the ranks, but I think, you know, some of the more promising pitching prospects are the guys that weren't quite as well known, Joey Estes, Jack Perkins, Roy Bear Salinas, those guys are probably at the higher end of the system who are more promising. But I think the A's, in whatever deals they make this season, are going to be looking for pitching again. You know, you can trade for pitching like the A's did last year, and you think you've really restocked the pitching in the system, and it goes quickly. You know, half yes. those guys end, end up on the IL, and, you know, different things happen. Yeah. And, and honestly, most of the A's, you know, most promising prospects in the minors right now are the position players. The, the system is a little thin on uh, pitching prospects particularly at the higher end of the system so i think the a's will probably be out fishing for some more uh some more pitching prospects this offseason jack perkins sounds like an actor who would be starting in a western yeah man, played by brad pitt maybe jack, <laughs> jack, jack, per jack perkins starring as the gunslinger <laughs> I, I like it. I, Jack Perkins. Jack Perkins. You know what? Jack Perkins starts. It's win day when Jack Perkins takes the mound. I, I like that. Uh, I've had our young guys off the air. No, actually, Lawrence Butler said it on the air. But I've had, and some of our guys, they're not young. Like Ryan Note at 27 is not young. He's inexperienced, I like to say. He's not young. Sure. But these, these guys coming back for the A's have all told me they think they win next year. And I was like, all right. I mean, you're not going to do it unless you believe it. Right. So when they say we're not going to be this bad, we're going to win games. We're going to compete. When you hear that you're going to, Geloff's going to say it. Butler's going to say it. Noda's going to say it. These guys believe they're going to come out and be way better than people think. They're going to ditch some of the veteran baggage. This is going to be their clubhouse. They know it's going to be their clubhouse. Tony Kemp told Lawrence Butler, this is going to be your guys's. I'm out of here. This is your guys's. Take over. Do you buy what they're selling? Well, you know, it's a very good question. As you know, I mean, it all starts with confidence. If you don't believe you can win, certainly Fact. you don't have a chance of winning, Fact. you know. Yeah. But 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 just believing it doesn't mean it's going to happen either. But you do have to start with that. So, I mean, hopefully, 
the A's are going to be better next year. I mean, it'd be hard, hard to be worse than it'd be hard to even be at the level they've been at this season. So let's hope that the young guys will be a little more experienced and be able to take it to the next level. Do I think they're going to be a 500 club next year? I think that's probably a bit of a stretch. What we can hope for is that they play better, they win more, and they set the stage, you know, for the next for the next winning team. But I think that's that's what you hope to see is more young come in, the young guys who've been a little more experience. They play a little better. They're able to pave the way for the new guys who are coming in. But you've, you've got to have that confidence no matter what. And you've got to believe it before you can do it. So it's good to see. That's why guys like Lawrence Butler, who are positive, exciting, excited, enthusiastic players are really important. Because if you're a young guy who comes to the big leagues and you're like, well, I don't know, maybe, meh, you know, <laughs> that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you need guys who are excited to play, excited to win and, and believe in themselves. And if you get enough of those guys on the team and obviously they have enough talent it you know it will eventually happen and i think there are enough exciting young position players in the system right now to form the core of a new team if you just you know look around the field um so you know that potential is there it'll take a little time and i think the main question is going to be do you have enough pitching to fill in around it and i think it's going to be a constant matter of of adding pitching, looking for pitching, finding little uh, pitching gems that other people overlook. But I think the position players are there. I mean, eventually Soderstrom is going to figure out the big leagues. He's going to be a productive guy. We can see Geloff is going to be a productive guy. Star. I think either. I mean, I mean, he's going to be a core for Star. years to come. Hopefully, I'm trying. I'm, try I'm trying to get a statue of him right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, what, what more exciting young player has come up with the A's who looks like he's going to be there, you know, for a long time to come? How about this, how about this comp? I, I'm comparing him to Ryan Sandberg. Well, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I mean, you know, one Ryan Sandberg in the middle of your infield can make a whole hell of a lot of difference, you know, to a team. And if you could just fill it around. I, you know, I, you're old enough to remember a lot of people when I say Ryan Sandberg, they go, what? The guy, the old guy <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Size, power infield can run can steal bags that's what ryan sandberg was sandberg stole 54 bags one year a couple years of 30 he had tremendous power he had range he caught everything in front of him i mean he's a hall of famer for god's sakes but i think if you're looking for a i mean i'm not going to compare geloff to to roberto alomar joe morgan i think if there's a, a, a real comp for geloff i think sandberg's really good and I think, you know, what you're saying is is he was so multidimensional and you just yeah. don't see a lot of these truly multidimensional players in the game anymore. Everyone's, you know, pretty, pretty one dimensional, even this, a lot of the star players for the most part. The good thing about a lot of these guys that the A's have and that are coming up, I feel they're really multidimensional. Geloff is multidimensional. Lawrence Butler is a potentially multidimensional player. Denzel Clark is a multidimensional player. These guys have speed. They have power. They can play defense. You know, there's a lot of different things they bring to the game and if you have a, just a few of those truly multi-dimensional talents on your squad that can really make up for you know maybe holes you have elsewhere in the lineup and I, and I think that's the exciting thing about a lot of these players coming up with EA some of them are multi-dimensional talents which can really um, really multiply their value at, at the end of the day you know and if you've got a you know maybe a shortstop coming up who can hit whether it's a Hernandez or a, or a Muncie to pair with a Geloff in the middle maybe you got a guy at third like Brett Harris who kind of knows what he's doing kind of anchor the infield there you got Noda at first you know you've got either Langoliers or Soderstrom or even Kyle McCann who had a great season at at AAA 
being able to uh, be behind the plate. And then you've got some guys like exciting guys like Lawrence Butler and um, Denzel Clark in the outfield, maybe to pair with a Brent Rooker or something like that. You know, that, that's the makings of a, of a productive lineup and, and a pretty exciting team. And if you can build enough pitching around that, you know, that that's a team that can compete once they've got a little experience under their belt. So, you know, there certainly is, uh, you know, a, a future that we can that we can envision for a, a winning a winning ace team here. You are the best, my friend. Let's hook up soon once uh, Arizona Fall League starts and check in on how our guys are doing. Absolutely. And and as you were mentioning earlier, Chris, if anyone's wondering where the A's will be playing next season, just take a look at uh, my cap here. If, if anyone in the media or anyone else is unsure, it's really not that complicated where it's the A's not, will be playing next right? season. Right? It's not. It's like... They're all trying to sell. They want to sell you, oh, the vague, and they're leaving. And I, and it could be true, but next year, the A's are in Oakland. That is just a simple fact. That's a yeah, simple you, fact. You, you and I and the true Oakland A's fans uh, know no doubt where they will be next year. So uh, hopefully hopefully, uh, the media can get, can get it right before long. And I know I don't have to say this, but I want to say it every time. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for what you do for us on A's Cast. Like this interview with Grady Fuson for an A's fan. Uh, getting this kind of information is gold. You do great work for us. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you are an A's fan and you really want to know about the minor leagues, there's no one better to listen to than, than A's special assistant Grady Fuson. And you can find my interview with him on A's Cast along with all Chris's great work too. So I'll look forward to talking to you again, Chris. Take care, buddy. Coming up next, I have a puzzle. That's right, a puzzle that's going to start with Justin Verlander, go around baseball, and end up with Justin Verlander. Cody doesn't think I can pay it off. We'll do it next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, it's Eno Saris, your friendly neighborhood baseball scribe. There are two things I love, baseball and beer. When I'm not busy around the ballpark, you'll likely catch me back with a cold one at any of Fieldwork Brewing's eight locations sprinkled across the Bay Area. Fieldwork's got a rotating lineup of over 20 beers on tap that's as diverse as any 26-man roster. They got everything from super juicy, hazy IPAs to crisp pilsners and tropical sours that make your taste buds do the wave. Whether you're all about that draft life or prefer to grab some cans to go, Fieldwork's got your bases covered. Check them out at fieldworkbrewing.com to learn more. That's fieldworkbrewing.com. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. AceCast Live continues from the studio. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, we have very sad news from the baseball world as truly one of the greats of all time has passed away today at the age of 86. Sad report that Brooks Robinson, Hall of Fame third baseman, one of the greatest players to have ever played, has passed away. What a life. What a career. Two-time World Series champion, American League MVP, World Series MVP, 18-time All-Star, a 16-time Gold Glove winner, Roberto Clemente Award winner in 72, Baseball Hall of Famer. He was part of the Major League Baseball All-Century team, if you remember when they did that at Fenway Park at the All-Star game. Known for his excellence as a defender, but more importantly, as just a great person and just one of the one of the good people in our game. One of the reasons why he won the Roberto Clemente Award at the age of 86. You know, I always look at, at that from a standpoint of 86, that's a great life. That really, you think of everything that he did on and off the field, how many people he helped. And to do it for 86 years at a Little Rock, Arkansas. I mean, he was he was known as the gold. You think of like the gold standard of infielders. I mean, he is he's the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. You think of him. You think of Ozzie Smith. It's 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 the it's the standard. Like, if you want to be like, we can sit here and talk. You know, we used to talk a lot about Matt Chapman. Uh, obviously, Arenado is one of the great defensive players that we have ever seen. But they're all chasing that guy. And he performed, especially at the highest level, like in primetime games, especially in the World Series. It's uh, some magical moments against the Cincinnati Reds. You just look at those. Highlights, Brooks Robinson was such a great player. So sad that we have lost truly one of the greats on and off the field in the history of Major League Baseball and a player that played his entire career from 1955 to 1977, all, all with the Baltimore Orioles. Well said about the best defensive third base. I don't think there's an argument there. Um He's also third base is also the most underrepresented position in the Hall of Fame. I think there's only 17 third basemen that are in the Hall of Fame, and he's one of them. And you, know, you mentioned the 18-time All-Star. All the gold gloves is just incredible. I wonder what his defensive run save for his career would be and where he'd rank all time. You want me to add it up? Uh, it might be. On, it might honestly be on his baseball reference page because it's probably pretty good. His war, I have his uh, all-time his uh, war. I was going to look up see where he ranks among other third basemen. 78.4. Put you uh, in. You're over seven. Well, it's over sixty, right? Yeah, we but look- you're over seventy. That's why Lou Whitaker, who is like a seventy-four, and he's not in the Hall of Fame, the great second baseman for the Detroit Tigers. It's a joke. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He has the how many guys that have a seventy-plus WAR? Bobby Gritch. Maybe Bobby Gritch on is that. one. Yeah. Bobby Gritch, Lou Whitaker, like these guys. I mean, you're talking about. 
guys that have wars, if we're going to sit here and we're going to address war as a, a great way to evaluate players and Hall of Famers, I, I heard today how Joey Votto is a guaranteed uh, Hall of Fame player, which I agree he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Do I I have mixed emotions about how great he is, but I do think he'll be a Hall of Famer. He's 64.4. There's a couple third, ba- third basemen on here that aren't in the Hall of Fame that have over 60. Uh, the captain, Salvando, 61.5. Uh, Buddy Bells is 66.3. Ken Boyers is 62.8. Greg Nettles, 67.9. And he was phenomenal defensively. Uh, Brooks Robinson, when you look at uh, war among uh, third basemen, he's one of the best. Um, I mean, no one's Michael Jack Schmidt is at 106.8, and then no one else is even over 100. Did you see they did the uh, – they showed the clip of when Wade Boggs was on Cheers. So Wade Boggs shows up, the famous sitcom seer, uh, Cheers, based out of Boston, and he shows up and no one believes it's him, and then they, like, chase him out of the, <laughs> out of the bar. But they're doing it because they were showing that um, – it was like on this date in baseball history, it was like the four straight years Wade Boggs had 200 hits and 100 walks. Think about that. There was something else. Uh, the bro- chicken man could swing it, and he got on base. And it was confirmed before that he drank like 60-something beers on a cross-country no flight. No way is that possible. We yeah, gotta that get, was a case of beer. I, we got to get Jeff Nelson on. He confirmed the story. It was from, I was from you, this, there's no way you could drink 60 beers in five hours. I, I don't know if it's confirmed. It was confirmed, apparently. I don't know. It's uh, not, not, no. On this date in 1974, Dr. Frank Job transplanted a tendon from Tommy John's right wrist to the Dodgers' left elbow on this date. Talking so the first Tommy John surgery was today and on this date, nineteen seventy four. Well, it's so tough when you know you, you you lose these greats because you 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 start to lose that era, right? And now it's the seventies. You know, it's basically the sixties. Now you're losing all the guys who played in the seventies, and baseball is the one sport that has done a great job of remembering its history because its history is so long. Like when you start talking about when people love to do the Mount Rushmore stuff, it's a lot easier to do in the NBA and the NFL because they haven't been around as long and hasn't been as strong as long. When you talk, you know, Major League Baseball, well over 150 years. When you start talking, you know, and it's like, you know, everybody always wants to crap on the guys that played years ago, but those guys that, remember, those guys paved the way for the sport to be where it is today and to always be here. There was no NBA. The NFL, professional football, what it was years ago, it was nothing. People didn't even, guys wouldn't even, top players from college would go get careers over play professional football because it didn't pay anything. You know, that's the whole thing about Gerald Ford, the former president who was, uh, uh, college football Hall of Famer. He was a great player at Michigan. He went to, on to be a lawyer, and then I don't know how he got on politics well before my time. But, you know, he, I, I heard a conversation talked about it. You know, it, was, it was a college football Hall of Fame thing where he talked about, you know, I wasn't going to play pro football. There was, no, there was no money in it, and people didn't look at it like that was a great thing back then. You want to have this distinguished career. You went to Michigan. You, you know, you have this education. You want to build on it. 
But baseball has been different. Baseball's carried for all these years, no matter what the sports have been. Because way back when, horse racing and boxing and certain sports, college football. College football used to be way bigger than pro football. But we evolve. But baseball's always been there. So it's tough to do a, a Mount Rushmore, but I guess if you did Mount Rushmore on greatest defenders of all time in baseball history, Brooks Robinson would be up there. And the era of when players played their entire career in one place. So think about how many people, and that's something to talk about if this is it for Joey Votto. Think of how many kids, families, see Joey Votto. And then those kids end up having kids, and they see Joey Votto or Brooks Robinson, right? All the different people that you touch in that community for all those years. And then when you're done, you're Mr. Oriole. Like, I remember I was in Baltimore, and outside where those two bars are, outside of Camden Yards, is the statue of Brooks Robinson. It's got the gold glove. It's awesome. I In the pouring rain, I made guys take a picture of it. I was in the pouring rain going, I got to take a picture with the Brooks. I love taking pictures with statues. I don't know if you know that. But I, I took – I think I got it on my phone. Me and Brooks Robinson, in the pouring rain – I'm taking pictures. I had to get a picture of Brooks Robinson. So that's a statue you get a picture of, not going to Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg, and get a picture of their new statues they unveiled. And one of them was uh, Akinori Iwamura, who and the, uh, I know he's a great A. Aki? Great pirate, Aki? great A. You're going up against uh, who? Who did they unveil? Uh, Else? Uh, uh, and they gave they okay. So this one makes sense. They put a statue out there of Evan Longoria's home run in Game 162. That was one of the greatest home runs of all time. It <laughs> was one of the greatest nights in the history oh of baseball. My God, it was incredible. <laughs> but yeah, those are the statues that though you take the picture with. They Brooks only Robinson. did two. Those are the two that I saw going around on social. Hey, people are starting to poke holes in the Rays building in St. Petersburg already. People are poking holes. But you mentioned. In the plan already. You sent it to me yesterday about the uh, guys that played their career in one spot. It's hard to find a bunch of guys that have done that. So that was the question. Well, I didn't send you. So MLB uh, Network put out a a question last night. I was doing my walk. And I don't know why I'm always telling you I'm doing my walk, but I'd like to tell you what I was doing when I come up with it. So I send it to Cody. And it's which player played his – his whole career with one team, and it was the most had the most significant, and or had the most significance. And the funny thing was, if you read the thread on Twitter, like five responses down, it's Edwin Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. And then, of course, people don't get the joke. It says one career, and then they put up like a, a GIF of. Drake and somebody else and the guy being like, what? I didn't know. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. there. I, I, it was fun. Before you do your puzzle with Verlander, there's some guys I thought of, like, you know, obviously yesteryear guys. So, but like Tony Gwynn, Chipper Jones. Uh, Jose Altuve could be an Astros Why entire Chipper Jones? Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm looking at more, like, modern times. Like, But it, it's the significance of you staying with the franchise your entire career. Like Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers could be one if he stays his entire but career. But what would be the like significance of Chipper Jones and pretty good influential player? I would really. What was influential about Chipper Chipper Jones? One of the influential. One of the, Influ- Do I need to get the definition of one of the best switch hitting thir- 
switch hitting what players. What does that have to do with influence compared to some of these guys on this list who really had effect on the franchise? Did Chipper Jones really have effect on the Atlanta Braves? Really? I mean, I mean it helped they had three really good pitchers. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Because I, I I'm about to give you one that I think – I'll tell you mine, which I think – I'll have some bias in it, but I think there's no question it will trump uh, Chipper Jones. But go ahead. I think I know where you're going, but that, that was just there were some guys like like recently because of free agency. I thought of the play with their whole career. Like Kershaw could be one, Joey Votto could be one, uh, Jeter, Todd Helton. Jeter's Joe, a, Jeter is a legit one. Joe Mauer, like these are guys that spent their entire career. Altuve could be one. Tony Gwynn. I know the Tony Gwynn effect of what a man meant to an entire city. Tony Gwynn's a major one. He'd be. He would be up there because one of the reasons why Petco Park got built was because of Tony Gwynn. That is significance to me. Derek Jeter as a as a captain of the Yankees, but was the face of Yankee baseball to bring in, you know, so many people forget how bad the Yankees were before that run and how bad the Yankees were. Derek Jeter is is definitely one of those. I don't. I I didn't live in Minnesota, so I don't know Joe Maurer. I would kind of be, eh, okay. I mean, he was. He, he, I see where you are. You're looking at. Well, he's a great player. I'm talking about influential. The question's about who was so influential. Like if Barry Bonds had been with the pirate, uh, been with the Giants all the year. Pac Bell Park does not get built without Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is a big reason they got that ballpark built. There was interest in the Giants. Barry Bonds has significance. See what I'm saying? Well, you're not saying Brandon Crawford's going to be on this list? I just think Chipper Jones was just a great player. I don't think there's, like, huge influence on Chipper Jones. There were bigger stars on his own team than him, right? Yeah. Joe Maurer, okay, had some batting titles. Won an MVP. Great player, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't know his significance – the significance of Joe Maurer. Who else you got on there? See, that's why I think Jeter's definitely up there. Tony Gwynn is definitely up there. You throw Cal Ripken. Yeah. Speaking of Oracle, I mean, how big was Cal Ripken in, in the state? Yeah, he helped bring the game back. Along with I him. mean, what he did for the game, but what he did for the Orioles. I mean, you can't tell me there's not Cal Ripken, the effect of Cal Ripken and Camden Yards. I'll give you one, though. My guy. The Kansas City Athletics were taken by Oakland. People do know that, right? They went from Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland. Charlie Finley ripped the Kansas City Athletics out of Kansas City and took them to Oakland. And because of that, Kansas City sued and they ended up getting a team. Royals, remember, that's 1968. Kansas City loses their team in 1968. They get a team, what, 1969? So right out because of the lawsuit, they got it right after 1969. So they're a young, brand-new franchise. How many brand-new franchises within X amount of years are a perennial playoff team. I'll wait for it. You're talking just baseball? 
Baseball, not many, if if any. The Rays weren't. Marlins weren't. Rockies still never won a division title. D-backs? Uh, they won a World Series a couple years after their first year. We're but, talking a perennial playoff team. Yeah. Um, Back in a sport where you didn't have wild cards, you had to win the division. Yeah, if you had to pick anyone, it'd say Arizona. might be the closest, but. How many division titles they win in their first first X amount of years? Uh, well, I can pull it up. So they won that World Series in 01, three years after they came into the league. Where's their Wikipedia page? Oh, Wiki. Sorry, I don't have my knowledge of uh, division titles. Yeah, where's your where's your snakes knowledge? They won the NL. They've won the NL West one, two, three, four, five times. No, 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 no. They won it 99, 2001, 2002. When did they start? 98. So they won it three times in their first four years. Okay. And a World Series, yeah. 99, 2001, 2002. That's pretty good. (laughs) Still not as good as this. In this era of how they didn't line it up where you had flush with cash and you could go get Randy Johnson. You you had to, like, earn this. I'm trying to make my debate a little better. (laughs) How can you not say it's George Brett? Who were the Kansas City Royals before George Brett showed up, who became not only a Hall of Fame player, the leader, the heartbeat, but had monster postseasons? He led them to division titles. 76, 77, 78, legendary duels with the New York Yankees. The Yankees. He made Kansas City... He made – George Brett was the guy that put them on the map that turned them into – how they became household names because they're playing in the ALCS on national television back when people watch baseball on television and not on cable, even though cable is television. But you know what I'm saying. Everybody – the ratings were huge back then. Everybody watched baseball, and it was George Brett and the Yankees. It was Brett against the Yankees. What's one of the biggest plays ever? Pine tar game. George Brett, Yankees. Division titles, 76, 77, 78, 80. Playing the World Series in 80. 84, 85, win the World Series. You tell me one guy who, to the, and even today's Mr. Royal, you tell me a guy that had an effect on a franchise that was a nothing startup, nothing franchise. Had more effect for putting them on the map making them money, making them somebody, making them national. Royals became a big – everybody knew the Royals. They were just a little team in Kansas City who all of a sudden are playing the Yankees constantly on national television. The the Royals – you didn't even think of the Royals as a a small market team as they're taking on the Yankees all the time. I mean, you're going to say – I think it's hard to say there's somebody – that didn't do more for a franchise than George Brett did for the Kansas City Royals. Hey, those that's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Those are that's incredible feats for what he did with coming over to Kansas City. D-backs and, don't have that guy. Uh, n- no, no. A lot of the guys were just guys they brought in. Um, and I'm not saying Kirby Puckett wasn't big. Kirby Puckett, you know what he did because the, these players that played for one, you know, like a Brooks Robinson that led into a later would lead into Cal Ripken, that that guy that everybody loves keeps the team relevant. And it's been one of the problems that the A's have had by not having that guy during bad times. 
Now it can be said you never get stuck with one of those players. Those guys never financially, like, let's face it, the reason why Joe, Joey Votto is still playing right now is because of a contract. I made the case. I felt bad doing it on Sunday, and one of our callers tried to call me out on it, and then I have to give him the truth. You know, the guy starts, because Miguel Cabrera is not a major league player anymore. And the argument, I can't remember, the guy who was calling from Santa Clara said, you know, well, you, you compare him to A's players, and that's where I just went silent. Went Some of the guys we have really aren't major league players. I mean, war tells you, when you got guys with negative war, you're saying that the average dude, a good guy coming up from AAA, right, a replacement-level player could be playing as well or better. So he started bringing up some of our guys' names. I said, well, you're trying to compare Miguel Cabrera to a team that's got 108 losses. And all the good players are now young players. All those veteran guys are either on their way out or they're already gone. But Miguel Cabrera is not a major league baseball. I mean, he is only there because of the contract. And it's been like that for years. That was the point I was trying to make. This is a tough one to call because I don't blame him. They signed him to the contract. Get all the money you can. I get it. But the only reason we're all sitting around still honoring this guy is just because he won't leave and he's going to get every penny. It's his right, but it was a bad deal. Michael Illich, the old owner of the Tigers, gave him that deal. It was a bad deal, and it's been a bad deal for a long, long time. Uh, Sorry. It's just reality. No, you're right. And and to tie this in, like before we get to Dan Hayes, I think Altuve is the modern-day case that we're going to look at. 15, 20 years from now. Because <clears throat> he played for the Astros when they were the last Astros for all those years. He was on those teams. And then the Astros get good, and, he, and they won, what, they've been the AL, the ALCS six years in a row, four World Series in six years. He's so going to be the you're, you're, you're saying he stays there the whole time. Yeah. I, th- I feel like he might be Mr. I, Astro. I don't know. They're kind of cutthroat. Kershaw's the guy. Oh, yeah. They've, they've found a way for a pitcher, too, to stay his entire – career with with the franchise i think that's been great I, I i like how kershaw has taken less money because that's what needs to happen you've got to take less money you want to stay around not be the same player you're gonna price yourself out if you're like hey i'm so and so i need to be making no you're not as, you're not you're not that guy anymore but we want you here but we're not gonna pay you 33 million dollars a year you're not worth that but we want you here. Why don't we pay you 15? That's still a great salary, and you get to be here. You don't need the money anymore. We're still giving you 15 million bucks. That's the way. But Altuve, yeah, that would be a great story. I just don't know if the Astros and Jim Crane will see it that way. You're probably right, um, but he's a good one to look at. Remember, because- a lot of these players we're talking about, if you remember the late 80s, early 90s, when we first started seeing – you know, we're going we're gonna to talk to Dan Hayes. It was like Kirby Puckett was one of those guys that signed one of the first really like, wow, he's making money. He's making $3 million. Then Ricky Henderson got $4 million. You know, Jose Canseco got $4.5. I mean, these guys were not making $300 million a year. These first big free agents, these guys that he's going to spend, Tony Gwynn's going to be here his whole career. Cal Rifkin, they weren't making $300 million, $200 million, $100 million. That was because I, I remember that was like a big deal. Like they all won up to each other after another. Like one would sign. Will Clark got three point two, and then Kirby got three point whatever, and then Ricky got 
I mean, it was always like three, four at like tops was five million. Nolan Ryan was the first one million a year guy. Now it's just it's 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 absolutely crazy. Let's ask Dan though, because Dan will know exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about a player. Uh, Dan, we've just talked about unfortunately Brooks Robinson has passed, and, and we talk about the players that mean so much. You know, we can look at winning MVPs and World Series, and you can be a Hall of Famer and everything, but the communities, they mean so much. And I know when I was at Target Field, I had to take a picture with Kirby Puckett and his statue. And then you saw that the the, the statue with Rod Carew. But uh, you can talk about it, too, to this day. What a guy like Kirby Puckett playing his whole career in Minnesota has meant and he's no longer with us, but still what he means to that franchise and, and one of the reasons why Target, Target Field got built. Great to see you. Thanks for coming on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate in my career to be in two places like that because I covered the Padres at first, and Tony Gwynn was yeah. that guy. Mr. Uh, Padre. You know, there's still that great statue, and the one of the best parts of Petco Park is that Tony Gwynn statue out there. But, yeah, absolutely, Kirby Puckett meant that to this franchise. And, uh, unfortunately they haven't advanced their history since Kirby Puckett was around. You know, we're looking at a, they're coming up on 40 years. Uh, well, 30 plus, sorry, since the world series, uh, my math is a little poor there, but, uh, you know, I mean, Kirby Puckett, they won in 87 and 91 with him. And, and here we are 32 years later and they, you know, they're still, uh, having to hold on to those memories because they really haven't done a whole lot since then. It was a great era for the twins, Dan Gladden, you know, Bay area guy, was a big part of it. Herbeck, from- all those yeah. guys, yeah. Herbeck, yeah. Ken Herbeck is still around. They hold on to their history dearly here, and uh, Kirby Puckett was certainly a huge part of it. But, you know, you guys were talking about those contracts. I remember, the, you know, especially when Ricky Henderson got the $4 million. I think I was at Santa Rosa Kaiser that day reading the <laughs> newspaper. And um, But but the one that I really remember was J.D. Drew getting rejecting the uh, – he was the first pick, and I think he was asking for $10 million. Um, as the the signing bonus and and rejecting it and going back. Um, that was when it was like, wow, we're getting into crazy money. I think that was like 97, 98. And, was, you know, to think back to what that was 25 years ago and what it is now is because uh, the Twins have two guys that, you know, Byron Buxton got a seven-year, $100 million extension and Carlos Correa got six years and $200 million. And that's a, that's, both those contracts are pretty reasonable when you look at what's out there right now. Well, you're, you're, you're a Bay Area guy, so you'll remember when Spree, Latrell Spreewell, left the Warriors and all of a sudden someone, I think it was uh, the Bucks, offered him like $15 million a year. That's disrespectful. His family can't live on that. I will never, <laughs> ever, ever forget that. Uh, I got to tell you, before we get into the guys you just mentioned and some injuries, looking at the team has lost 18 straight playoff games. They haven't won one since 2004 ALDS. I'm becoming a Twins fan this postseason. I want to see the Twins go deep in the playoffs. It's a great ballpark. It's one of the best, if not the best. Target field is awesome. Uh, the people of Minnesota are just such great, nice, that that Midwest, North Midwest mentality. They're wonderful people. I'm rooting for the Twinkies, man. I want to see the Twins go deep. I, I cannot believe they haven't won a play, and they've been to the playoffs a lot, and they haven't won one since 2008. It's time for the Twins to win in the postseason. Heck, how about a World Series run? Yeah, I think they would love to uh, end it before the the streak can buy a drink legally. Right now it's a full-fledged adult. Um, 
but we are not to <laughs> we're not to uh 21 yet um but 18 games in a row it's crazy and i will say that the pitching is as good as they've probably had since 1991 right now um you look at the rotation it's gonna be pablo lopez who has 225 strikeouts sunny gray has been amazing this year i think his area is 285 it's it's right there it's somewhere this weekend's a little fuzzy it was so they were there so late was celebrating on friday and um but like this is a good rotation joe ryan um you know marin kid uh either the number three or kenta maeda being the number three but their bullpen which is starting to get healthy is full of power arms uh, i'm sure that we'll see yoan duran during this series you know throwing 103 but beyond that they they put louis varland in the bullpen he was a starter earlier this year He's throwing 99 to 100. You've got Caleb Thielbar, lefty, throwing 94, 95. You've got Brock Stewart, who just got activated today. He's throwing 99. Earlier this year, he pitched for them. Before he hurt his elbow, he had a, a 0.70 RA and 35 strikeouts and 25 innings. They have about five power arms in the bullpen right now that really can shut down games. And that's what they're going to have to do if some of the healthy guys, some of the guys that were wondering about with their health can't get back because – this offense can be good. Uh, it's been great since we were in Oakland um, starting, you know, two and a half months ago. But uh, the first half, they were the 24th worst offense in baseball. So they've shown that they can be cold. Uh, they need their pitching to carry them at times. And I think potentially they do have the pitching to do that. All right. We got to go through it. Uh, Byron Buxton hurt again, as usual. Carlos Correa is hurt. I know he's going to come back, I, I believe, probably today or tomorrow. Uh, every You know, Royce Lewis, we, we, we first saw him like, oh, this guy's a super prospect. That was a few years ago. Now all he does is hit grand slams, but he's yeah. now hurt. It's just like, why is it just always the best players for the Twins are always hurt? Hey, uh, the last time they went in the playoffs, the the final series of the regular season in 2020, in that COVID-shortened year, Byron Buxton got hit in the head, got a concussion. Josh Donaldson hurt his hamstring. So this is something they deal with routinely where their stars, this happens. Uh, Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa both went on the IL last week. I, I'm certain Correa will be back. You know, before they put yeah. him on the IL, he had played 91 out of 100 with the uh, – with plantar fasciitis um, and it's not been a great year offensively, but he's been steady defensively and he's still hitting for power and driving and runs. Um, I think they think this 10 day break will be very helpful for him. If I was putting my money on it on Royce Lewis, I'd say he'll be back. I, I just think he wants to, um, you know, he's young. They're hopeful. It wasn't a grade two hamstring strain uh, grade one, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. It'll be close, but you know, they they really could use him too. Um, you know, he's been electric. You look at his numbers. We would be talking about him as rookie of the year. If he hadn't started the year on the IL, you know, second year in a row coming back from his, uh, a torn ACL, you know, and, and to come back and he's hitting 310 with 14 homers and 50 RBIs and four grand slams in a stretch of like 23 games. Um, it just an incredible story. And he, he hurt the hamstring while we were in Cincinnati last week. Um, but I, I believe they think he is doing really well. Byron Buxton's the one I'm iffy on, um, you know, and and he's it's been unfortunate. He was going to play in a couple games this weekend at St. Paul. One of them got rained out. Getting him at bats is, is difficult now. The AAA season's over. So can they get him at bats, get him right to put him in the lineup? Because 
they don't want to put the injured version of him. They need a guy that's seen pitches and come back because he's come back before without the benefit of a rehab assignment. And he was, he was terrible at first. They can't afford to have that. They need to have him healthy and seeing the ball. Um, they are lucky that they have a couple of guys who are healthy and here and, and not going to be part of the plans that they can pitch and throw live batting practice to him as they keep those guys fresh. That is a, a very good thing for Byron Buxton, but it's not game action and it's going to be hard to see. Um, I, you know, do they feel comfortable enough putting him as the 26th guy and going like 15 position players and 11 pitchers in that first round, the three best of three, you know, you, you can do that. You can make go that heavy on the position side and try to make him sort of like a, uh, a power bat off the bench, but whether or not you'd want to use him in the starting lineup, that's a entirely different question. You know, Max Kepler, I know, did not have a great start to the season, but right. his second half, really since the All-Star break, like if there's a guy that in this series you got to circle, he's the guy. Just talk about his second half because he's been tearing it up. Yeah, when we were uh, talking to players last week uh, at the start of the road trip in Chicago, just I asked Correa who he, his team MVP was, and he said it's got to be Max, and and it's – Funny because June 7th, we were in Tampa and Max Kepler didn't go on the back end of a double steal in the ninth inning. Michael Taylor stole third base easily. Max Kepler stayed rooted at first base. Royce Lewis followed with a a single that would have scored both runners if Kepler was on second. And they would have taken a two to one lead in the ninth inning at Tampa. Um, When he didn't score and they didn't, you know, they got walked off and lost two to one the bottom of the ninth. Kepler got ripped by Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli's only ripped three or four guys in the last, you know, in all of his five years, he's really only ripped a couple guys. Um, So it was a big thing for him to do that. And Kepler's responded. I mean, his second half has been incredible. Basically since June 8th or 9th, you know, he's a 800 OPS playing the defense that he always was, but playing with joy that we haven't seen from him for a while. Um, and just hitting the ball extremely hard to all parts of the field. And it's the guy that they thought was going to be a top 100 or that was a, listed as a top 100 prospect. This is that guy showing through. It just, you know, it it's taken the perfect environment and the twins have a really good clubhouse. And I think that's played a lot into it. The young guys have really energized the veterans, the Edward Julians, Matt Walner, Royce Lewis. You know, these guys have come in and really brought some, some energy and vibe and positivity to the clubhouse and the veterans are eating it up. So, I mean, you know, there's that cliche, the next man up mentality. The twins have had that all year because you look at their lineup. They have like 10, I, th- I think they have 12 players with 10 home runs. Um, they have something like 12 or 13 with 30 RBIs. It's very much been a collective on the offensive side. Um, whereas the pitching has been stable for most of the year, you know, they've had to rely on guys to step in all the way and, Kepler has really appreciated this clubhouse this year. All right. Terry Francona, he's retiring. Who knows what's going on with Cleveland? Chicago is has been a dumpster fire, and now you're getting rid of Kenny Williams. Oh, my God. Chris Getz is taking a dumpster fire. Royals, they're bad. They're not going to be good anytime soon. Press conference today for Detroit. I just laugh as Jeff Greenberg 
uh, was with the Cubs. Now he's with the Blackhawks. We're going to get a GM who was with a hockey team. Uh, and the last year, what's his name? Harris. What's his name? Chris Harris. Scott, Scott Harris. Harris. Scott Harris, yeah. who is the who is the Giants GM, didn't do anything in San Francisco. Is now in Detroit. I'm not buying anything Detroit selling. They're setting themselves. They haven't. God, they haven't won in seven years. They're setting themselves up for a few more years of losing. I mean, if you're the Twins, you're looking around. Well, who's your it, competition? No, it it is a good time for the Twins, and and they have. You know, Brooks Lee, who went to Cal Poly, he's ready to come to the majors. You know, they got lucky and they uh, bumped up in the lottery. Um, they were supposed to have the 13th pick in the draft. They end up at the fifth pick. They got Walker Jenkins. He could be a fast mover, be here in a couple of years. Everybody says if this was any other year, he would have been a 1-1. You know, there were there were four or five guys that were first overall pick caliber players, and the Twins lucked into that. Uh, their farm system is growing in strength, but – I will say I like how Detroit um, Spencer Torkelson, you know, Petaluma, the pride of Petaluma yeah. uh, has come along and, and is showing signs of life in the second half. And Kerry Carpenter has really had a good year for them. His second half has been good too. It, yeah. it, it's it's going to, it's going to take more than that, but um, there's at least signs of life with Detroit and Bobby Witt. There have been signs of life in Kansas city. Um I do think Cleveland has a, a better farm system that will start producing. You know, Bo Naylor just got here and, and looks like a, a good catcher going forward. And Josh Naylor, they're a different team when he's on the field. Um, you know, whether or not their shortstop pans out, whether or not uh, Andres Jimenez can bounce back and be the guy they signed to that extension. Cleveland has the parts. Um, the pitching is always there. And when you go through a year like this where Bieber gets hurt and you lose, you know, uh, all their all the guys i mean uh mckenzie's been out all season cleveland they were a disappointment no question but they always seem to find pitching so i don't think you can ever count them out but absolutely this is the twins division to at least take control of for a few years they've got joe ryan locked up they've got uh because he's under team control they've got him locked up but pablo lopez signed an extension bailey ober is healthy and and continuing on chris paddock has come back from a second tommy john but uh, he could make his uh, debut this season during this series out of the bullpen. He's throwing 98. Really? They feel pretty good about what they've got. So um, the Twins are in very good position. And, you know, I mean, Sonny Gray will and Kenta Maeda are both free agents. If they can retain one or the other, uh, they'd be in really good shape going forward. Great stuff. It's always it's fantastic to bring you back home. We always love having you on. And uh, enjoy this series, and let's do this again as our twins make a run in the postseason. Oh, we're all we go. we're all going to be twins fans. They got to win a series and go deep. It would be fun, but thanks for having me on, guys. I yeah, really yeah. Do let's check it. in during the postseason. All right, sounds good. Take care, Dan. Appreciate it. Dan Hayes covers the Twins for the Athletic. Who do you use to cover them for? The White Sox. The Whites, because we've been bringing him on. He used to listen to me back when he was, like, in high school. Big Warriors guy. Back in the day. Back when you were a Warriors honk. All right. Cleveland, 74 and 83. Detroit, 73 and 83. White Sox, 60 and 96. Kansas City, 54 and 102. You're winning this division if you were just 500. They're only, what, five games behind Texas? They could still realistically get the number two seed. Well. Probably not, but well, I'm just saying it's. Well, well, don't be. 
A lot of misinformation we've been talking about. I'm just reading what the notes had. The number two seed and a guaranteed appearance in the ALDS is a possibility for the Twins. Not really. Five games behind the Rangers with six to play. The Rangers have to have a complete tailspin against the Rangers are hot. Rangers are playing. Don't two even more. get me into my Rangers hitting bombs now. Rangers two two more at the Angels and then How about my Astros taking down the Mariners? If he I don't want to brag. I don't want to talk about it yet. What is this? Target? Wait a minute. Yeah, I told you already about Target closing stores. Target says organized retail theft too much will shut down remaining stores in Oakland and San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're shutting down a store in Oakland and San Francisco. Target yeah. is closing in Oakland and San Francisco. Wow. All right. Asterisk. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to gloat. Long way to go. Six games. Does everybody have six? Everybody has six, right? Yeah. Just about, yeah. Unless you have. I'll say yesterday or Thursday. Because yeah, there's, there's a couple games yesterday. There could be an update Thursday. I don't know. There's a double dip today going on. My my MLB Network shows got canceled today because I had to watch Rockies Dodgers. I think the Rockies won one of the games. I don't know. I'm done with the Rockies. We've seen enough of Rockies. Have to watch a lot of Rockies lately. How the a, how the NL West shaking out? I'm done. I'm done. Bud Black, your team's off. Uh, speaking of the NL West, quickly, I think the Giants' tragic numbers two. The Padres is one uh, for the wild card. They're already out of the division. What time are we on till? We got about eight more minutes. That's it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do this quickly. If it's your Verlander, I think you should save it. Verlander, no, because he pitched last night. Okay, that's yeah, true. There is. This unbelievable thing going on in our game right now. So, Scott Harris, as we said earlier, I was watching the press conference. As Detroit, Scott Harris, the president of baseball operations, who was hired from San Francisco, what did he do with the Giants that warranted? He was the GM of the Giants for a hot minute, and then he gets the president's job for the Tigers? They won 107 games with him as GM. I mean, are you serious? They've been 500 since. And then, then, wait for it, takes April, May, June, July, August, September to hire a GM below him? Um, That's what happened today. Jeff Greenberg was announced. We've kind of laughed about it. Obviously, he has experience with the Cubs. He's working for the Blackhawks. As an associate GM. Six months. Six months. It took the president of baseball operations to go through an entire season to now say, oh, I got my GM, my right-hand man. It is unreal. This game that we have, it's unreal. Buddies hiring buddies. You should have seen them up there. They look like two accountants up there. Like, these are the guys that are leading our baseball club. It's just all keep, keep everybody's get keeping jobs. Look, at Chris Harris's first year. I, I'm reading Scott. this. Scott Harris. Why do I keep calling him Chris? (laughs) Scott Harris. What did he do? Oh, he got more technology. Because remember, everybody who's gotten better this year with the Tigers, they have gotten some. Riley Green, unfortunately, is out. They've gotten guys. None of the guys he's taken. He's done none of that. He's getting rid of the fat, bringing in technology. Now he's hiring his buddy at the end of the base. It's always just, it's always keep the rebuild going. Don't have to win. Just always keep, you know. 
They haven't won in seven years. Next year's eight years. The year after that's nine years. Hey, we're all, we're always selling you the future. The hocus pocus of the future that is Major League Baseball. That if you do this crap in other sports, by the way, you're gone. You don't get this much time in the NFL. You don't get this much time in the NBA. But in baseball, we're selling constantly. Who are these nobody guys that are supposedly brilliant? All these brilliant people who they've got data. They've got they oh they got this. They've got that. They're gonna come in. They're gonna take over your organization. Look what the Orioles did. Yeah, well, for every Orioles, there's a bunch of teams that fail. This is the new thing. So I think of San Francisco. Remember when San Francisco won 107 games? Oh, my God, Farhan's brilliant. Kapler's brilliant. Look at the way they think the game. Every pitch, every game. Now what is it? This place sucks. Chemistry sucks. I don't know if anyone's going to want to sign here. This is a bad place to be right now. That's what's being sold in San Francisco. Two years ago, everybody's brilliant. Well, now everybody's not brilliant anymore? And now they're talking about how, why would you want to sign here? You're just going to get pinch hit for. You're not going to be allowed to pitch innings. This place is a disaster. What are we doing? I mean, your best pitcher's saying there's no game plan to win here. It's everywhere in baseball. It's always, we're always hiring Heim Bloom. I have a connection to the Red Sox. I was told you wouldn't believe how many people that are working in the front office. For every guy, there's another guy who's another guy who's another guy. There's so much chain of command and buddies being hired and guys that you know and guys that you trust. There's so many cooks in the kitchen, it's unbelievable. And it's happening all through the sport. And they're all selling you the whole. I need to get the crystal ball. We're selling you the future. Look into my eyes. We'll be good in four years. Because we'll be getting checks for four years. They're all figuring out a way. They all just keep getting paid getting checks. I don't care what anybody says. Don't give me your analytics crap. These guys are all trying to figure out how they just keep getting jobs. So, how's this tie back to Verlander? Well, let's go to our guys like Eno Saris and the Pitching Ninja. Eno Saris is going to sell us every single week. Stuff plus. You got to have the greatest stuff in the world. Well, he can't write articles about guys who throw strikes and who are efficient and win games. That's boring. You're not going to get anybody to click on that. Is the pitching ninja really going to have – is he going to blow up on Twitter if he's just showing guys being efficient? Remember when Bartolo against the Angels threw, was it, 38 straight yeah. strikes? Yes. Two-seamer, 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 two-seamer. You're going to get people following if that's what you're – no. Pitching ninja's got to show you – the pitch tunneling and how crazy all the pitches are and how great this guy is because he's got to get clicks. He's got to get follows. Eno at the athletics got to get follows. So it's got to be stuff. Plus you got to strike everybody out. You got to have the greatest stuff ever. So you've got, you got this hocus pocus going on in front offices and you got the hocus pocus going on with the media. It's unbelievable. It's like a big cabal. How do I tie it back to Verlander? Because if you watch Justin Verlander last night, if you go and look at the data last night, you know what Justin Verlander did? Justin Verlander went out there without his best stuff in a time when his team needed him, and he went out and pitched, and he competed. He showed, it a, he showed great heart. He showed great mind. 
he showed what a great athlete does. We see this in all sports where it's not about the numbers anymore. You want to know why it's not about the numbers? Because if you looked at the numbers last night and the breakdown, Justin Verlander did not have a good fastball last night. You know what he did last night? We kind of saw this against us. Left-handers, it was curveballs and change-ups. Remember, his changeup got hit by the A's. I'm like, why is he throwing his changeup? Because you know what? He doesn't have a great fastball right now. But he went eight innings against the Mariners. These two teams are battling for the postseason. You got you got eight innings out of a four-year-old flipping curveballs and changeups up to, to all the left-handers. He now he still threw the fastball to the right-handed hitters at his normal clip. Against lefties, it was way low. He was just showing fastballs to lefties, to their left, and everything was deuces and change-ups. Justin Verlander did not have his best stuff. He didn't have his stuff plus. He wasn't gonna, he's not going to be mentioned by the pitching ninja for his tunneling yesterday. He didn't have his best stuff, but what did he do? He went as a professional and went out and won the game. So all you wins don't matter. To all you people who think strikeouts just matter, Go and all this analytics, and we're changing everything. Last night, a guy went out and gave you everything he is on his guts and his heart when it matters most at the end of the season to get into the postseason. Eight innings, one run, eight strikeouts, one earned run. That's it. And beat the Mariners last night. Tell me that doesn't mean something. Where's the stuff plus? Where's all the analytics? He didn't have it. What he had was his guts, his balls, and his mind. And he went out there as a professional athlete last night and won like a champ. And that's why that guy's going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because in the end, it's still about pitching and competing when you don't have your best. And that's why you don't shut J.P. Sears down in August, because he's got to learn how to pitch through it and pitch in September. So you guys can take all that stuff that you all talk about and you click on and Eno can write, and I'll say this to him tomorrow. You can have your 18-page stuff plus stuff. He didn't have it last night, but he won. And that's what's important in our game. And it's one of the reasons why there's so many people who, like, look at baseball and go, what? How many people who buy a ticket to go into a baseball game care about all the analytics? I'm not saying they're not important, but how many people are saying, we should always strive to get better, but they have tried to throw this crap at us like it's the only thing that matters. Strikeouts are more important than actually winning the game? Then your ERA, then how many runs you give up? Get that crap out of here. That's fantasy garbage. Verlander proved that last night. So to bring it all about Verlander, all the garbage these front offices are selling you now, what happens? I thought, I thought Boston was brilliant. I thought San Francisco's brilliant. Uh, Detroit's got these new brilliant guys. Oh, they're going to be brilliant. Yeah, three years from now when they're still under 500 and they haven't been to the playoffs in forever, let me know how that works. You still got to have ballers, players, and guys who win games. You want a rebuttal? Oh, we don't have time. Do you want a rebuttal? Uh, no, because you're, you're right. You, when you mentioned the guts, that's when you got me. You want to throw with guts. What did he go out there with last night? He didn't have his plus fastball. So in 93-94, he's not throwing 98. Couldn't hump it up. He didn't throw fastballs to the lefties. Verlander was throwing change-ups. How many change-ups have he even thrown this year? He was competing with what he had. He did everything he had to win with what he had. That's why you pay him the big money. You think that every single time that the football players go out, they feel great? 
You think that every single time guy goes out in the NBA feels great? But you expect them to give them and win and do their best and give me what you got. Our sport, shut them down. Don't play. I mean, it's a joke. Verlander last night, take it all around is what our game is about. Not about this stuff. Go ahead. Put your Twitter accounts out. Get clicks for articles. Talk about all this stuff. But last night, Verlander, if you didn't follow what he did last night, go look what he did to the Seattle Mariners. That's what champions do. You win without your back. Tom Brady always always felt good when he went out there and played on Sundays. Michael Jordan always felt good. No. And that's mentioning the great. You need to win with the non-great players. I need the non-great players to go out there when they don't feel great. Give me what you got. We got to win. We got to win tonight. We got to win to get into the postseason. And Verlander did it without even close to having his best stuff. And he went eight innings. You don't even allow guys to go six. He went eight. Eight. Where are you, Blake Snell? <laughs> Blake Snell left a no-hitter in the seventh. Oh, you got less than a minute. All you. right. See you, everybody, tomorrow right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.